We're going to look at Boston College quarterback depth chart. We're going to also talk about the new rule changes coming to college football. Could they happen? And Boston College basketball drops another game to end their regular season at home. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Thursday, everyone. On our show, we're going to talk football, get talk some basketball. I think we're going to talk about a lot of things you're going to want to know about. Now, all week we have been talking about Jacoby Robinson, Boston College's new quarterback commitment from Henderson, Texas. Yesterday we talked about uh, his his ranking and that some people were worried that he didn't have a big offer sheet, that he didn't have a, a high ranking on 247 and Rivals. And I talked about how Boston College development uh, is more important and their evaluations are more important than star rankings. While both have an important impact on BC recruiting, they they need to have a balance of both. Well, we've got some answers today. As 247 Sports gave their rankings for Jacoby Robinson and gave him a, a middle three-star recruit uh, ranking. So he's not like, you know, if you look at 247, they grade on a scale of one to... 100, right? Um, and most, like, you know, non-ranked guys, they don't usually give a score to. Two stars are, like, 70 to 80. Three stars are 80 to 90. And, and four to five, four is, like, 90 to 93. And 94 to 99 is five stars or something like that. It's, it's pretty close to that, right? Well, Robinson's an 85, so he's not even a low three-star. He's a middle three-star. But I also saw that, you know, people were still worried about him. He's now ranked the 40th quarterback in the country. Not bad. And if, again, as I said, if you trust BC's evaluation, that shouldn't matter to you. That's that's a good sign that that's positive, right? Because now that, that'll help in their rankings uh, on uh, for team rankings for class of 2023, right? So we're looking at uh, quarterbacks. And we're now Boston College has had a huge... Uh, turnaround in terms of the depth of their quarterback room since Jeff Halfley has taken over. Remember, when he came in, the quarterback room, Anthony Brown was the starter. He left. He, you know, he had those that, those two years in Oregon, and those were up and down years for Brown there. But Boston College had Jakovic come in. They had Dennis Grossell, and then it started with Matt Valachi and Sam Johnson um, with, with BC along with Matt McDonald. Now, almost all of those guys, other than Jakovic and Grossell, transferred out. You know, Valachi is now at Albany. He's on his third team. Sam Johnson is with Shippenburg State. Matt McDonald is with Bowling Green. You So you're seeing all the guys that were BC guys go to other places. And they brought in some guys, and we saw the issue with it last year because Boston College didn't have, like, polished guys behind uh, Jakovic last year. They had... Uh, Dennis Grossell, who we all saw struggle, and I'm not going to beat that dead horse to death again. But after that, it was nothing. You had Dalen Menard, who um, I have heard he's probably going to be like the fourth quarterback on the roster. I'm still surprised he's on the roster, put it this way. Like, I just assume, I mean, and it's not a knock on him. I'm just assuming that, like, he might see the writing on the wall and try to find another school, kind of like, you know, what Valachi did. But, you know, hey, power to him. Maybe he likes Boston College. So you have him. 
You have Matt Reeve, who is young. You have Emmett Moorhead, who are young. So you got some developmental guys. But now you brought in, you brought in the Moorheads, you brought in the Reeves. They've had some time. Matt Reeves on his third year with BC, so he's no longer at Spring Chicken. He's got, you know, he's got some uh, mileage under those legs, which is good. He's been in the system for a while. He can do that. You have Moorhead, who's now on his second year. He's, you know, he's at practice, practicing with the second team, which is exactly what you want him to be doing. He's going to get those valuable reps. Then you bring in Peter Delaportis, a quarterback from New Jersey, who's coming in this year and. Um, everything I've heard about him is that he's got a lot of talent. So obviously at the end of last year, everyone was really excited to see what Moorhead could do. Delaporte, as I've heard, has good talent. And then you bring in, in a year, you bring in Jacoby Robinson and you look at the depth and you're wondering, I saw some people like, oh, who's going to transfer out? Honestly, that's the good problem that you want to have. If you have enough talent on your roster... You want to be having, like, unfortunately at quarterback, you want to have so many guys that could go someplace else that they actually do that. You know what I mean? Like, you want guys that are at that talented. and You don't want them just to transfer to Albany or Shippenburg University or whatever. You want guys that are like, oh, well, I'm so good and I'm third on the depth chart. I'm going to go play at, you know... Rutgers, or I'm going to go play at Illinois. That's the kind of stuff you want to see. And I think BC is going to get themselves into that good problem soon because you're going to have a bunch of guys battling for that starting position, and some of them are not going to stay. And that's okay. That's part of college football. And I think that is going to be the first time we've seen BC have that glut of talent there since since Jeff Jagosinski's. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't even think it was then. Like, you can't, it's hard to even look back. You have to look back at maybe like Paul Peterson years with, with some of the, like Quentin Porter and th- those days, like of having a couple guys on your roster that can play. They're going to get that way in 2023. But what Halfley is doing is building depth. You need that. You saw what happened last year when you didn't have it. And I think Boston College is putting themselves in a good position here with some of these guys. Now, we need to see what they can do, right? We saw Emmett Moorhead last year look very, very raw, but, you know, he can continue to grow. And we'll see what Della Portis looks like, at, you know, may- maybe if he gets to the spring game next year or, you know, Jacoby Robinson next year. You'll get to see these guys up person, uh, in person and, and get, be able to get a, a better read at what they're capable of doing because right now it, we're not there. I'm honestly looking at this quarterback depth chart. I'm worried about next year, and I'm going to tell you why. I I still think Moorhead needs at least one more year of seasoning. I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, he. I mean, who knows? He could take a huge leap, but that could that's that's a bit of a of a of a reach there. I think to say that he's going to be raw. So you better hope and you better pray that Phil Dracovic stays healthy for another year. I think everyone's praying for that, right? You get your get your rosaries out and you're lighting your scented candles and praying and praying and praying that Phil Jakovic doesn't get hurt. But just think of it next year. Once he leaves, there's going to be a very, very interesting battle for that starting position. And for the folks out there that are just assuming it's going to be Emmett Moorhead, I, I, I challenge you. I don't think it's that, you know, that given already because you're going to have three names there of guys that Halfley has recruited, and we don't know who's the most polished. Remember, Moorhead had a little bit more, he had a little bit more to catch up. 
Delaportis, I know he had an injury in high school, so he might be a little bit behind, but you never know. One of these guys could jump into camp and pick up that offense and fly. So I think the quarterback position is going to be an interesting sub-story, especially once Dracovic leaves. Uh, and we'll talk more about that, obviously, next year on Locked On Boston College because I ain't going anywhere, so you're, you're, you're stuck with me. Now, in a moment, I'm going to step out of the bubble at Fish Fieldhouse and talk about college football in general because there was some interesting rule changes that were rec- um, that were brought up that could be changing the way college football is played. But not just football, college basketball is well underway with March Madness only a few weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running our brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standards brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe, and they're both really fun. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer way more intel to make your picks than other sites like ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, RunYourPool.com can help take away some of that madness magic and play alongside with your employees, or even game employees, uh, game, game customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you will ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cast prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your family and friends. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. This is Locked On Boston College. I want to tell you about a show you need to check out. First of all, thanks for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Boston College podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. You want to know everything for that ma- for your brackets? you got to check out this podcast. It's going to be excellent. We have these special podcasts all the time on our network, and I, I can't recommend them enough. So check that out wherever you get your podcasts and on our feed. Now, on Tuesday, Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com had a report about some rule changes that college football is considering heading into the 2022 season. And these are some doozies. I'm going to read you what he wrote. Two main rule changes that they're thinking about. Treating incomplete passes the same as running out of bounds. Beginning in 2008, the clock started after runs and fumbles out of bounds when the referee signaled ready for play. Previously, the clock started on the snap after such plays. The committee is considering treating incomplete passes the same way. The rule would be in effect until late in the half or game, perhaps the last two to five minutes, according to Shaw. So they wouldn't account for that if it's, you know, kind of like... Kind of like they do in in regular football. No longer stopping the clock after first downs. This is huge. This is a foundational piece of college football that differentiates it from the NFL. This change has long been considered, but the game's overseers have been hesitant, in part because it would make the college game more like the NFL. So these two rules, I think, are huge because what's going to happen is it's going to speed up games. Now, games are usually around three hours in college football, and... If you have, I mean, I the the first down one, I'm not a big fan of because as as Dodd said in his article, I kind of like the quirkiness of college football and like the fact that it's a little different than the NFL. Um, I like that, 
But on the other hand, I understand why they're doing a lot of these things. And it's not money, which is what everything NCAA is doing. It's play. They're going under the auspice of player safety. And it does seem that way, right? You've heard people say that, you know, um, the more plays that happen, so hurry-up offenses can cause more injuries in college football. And then you hear that, you know, something like this could lessen the amount of plays just in general. That's going to definitely lessen the amount of injuries. So that's a positive because any way that you can um, get the player safety as the as – the, um, the the biggest issue here, I think you have to take that chance. You have to make that decision that way because, again, the the players are playing. Uh, you know, they're not they're not getting paid. Some of them are, but most of them aren't at this point. I mean, the NIL deals are nice, but many of these people are not pl- getting paid, and so you want to protect them. You want them to take, and and that was one of the things that Jim Phillips said about the reason why he voted against playoff expansion was because he didn't want players to risk it. And it's important. I think that's important. But, man, this is going to change the way football plays. You know, uh, for watching a game, like, there's certain times, like, you know, when there's incomplete passes or or things like that, that the, the clock goes a lot slower and the game drags on. And... You know, those teams that have those offenses that are really, really slow and they can't get anything going through the air, they, you know, the clock seems to drag. This will prevent that as well. You know, you'll have more teams, you know, getting on the field and taking three to four minutes a drive. In in that sense, too, I saw someone, and I, and I, I apologize, I don't remember who I saw. What this is going to do is also drive the disparity between scores down because the shorter the game, the less opportunity for teams to beat up on on each other. So if you have one team that could trounce another team, but this new rule's in effect, it's going to drag them back more towards the mean because they're not going to have all that time to run up the score. So you'll see closer games. You'll see some of this as well. Um, one of the other... Um, things that they were, you know, the other part that they were mentioning was that the um, part about stopping after first downs. I love it. I I love the what they have right now. I really don't hope they I hope they change that. You know, there's all these rules that considering in the NFL, and I think those are perfect. The one rule I want I want the NCAA to change right now is to please go back to the old col- college football overtime rule. The two-point conversion trade-off was horrible. One of the worst games I saw last year was that Penn State, and I want to say it was um, Michigan or Northwestern. I forget. Northwestern, I think it was. And it went like seven or eight overtimes. But it wasn't like that was even good. It was like really, like, it was ineptitude by the goal line. It was just bad football. Go back to just trading off first downs, and then when you get, you know, to the third or fourth or even the second, force them to go for two point conversions after they score. You know, get rid of the kicks if you want to like make it harder. Don't just go to two point conversions because that was stupid. It was like, oh, we play all this football one way, and then we're gonna completely change the rules of the game to such an extent that it doesn't even it isn't even recognizable. I thought that was so dumb, and I hope that I mean. Changing times to, to possibly uh, reduce injuries is fine, but 
forget that for now. Go back and wa- like they should go back and watch those overtime games where that was happening and get rid of those rules because it was stupid. Now, in a moment, we're going to switch it up and talk a little basketball as BC basketball finished their uh, home game, home ACC schedule with a loss at Miami. We'll talk about what happened and give you some of our analysis of another tough night. Now, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC information and all the odds that you want. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Make sure to head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. On Wednesday night, Boston College finished their home ACC schedule against Miami, a team that was 20 and nine. Uh, they were a four point. Boston College was only a four point underdog going into this game, and it was it was closer near the end than you would expect, given how some players were playing. But Miami was in control of this game from beginning to end, and the reason they controlled was kind of two front. First of all, Boston College could not stop Miami's offense. They scored 81 points. They shot. 50, um, 56% from the field. You're not going to win uh, many games when your opponents are shooting like that. They shot, again, 48% from three-point range. And Isaiah Wong, who last year had a big game against BC, had 27 points and seven rebounds, shooting five for nine from three-point range. So basically, here's how the game went. I, you know, Miami jumped out to an early lead. Boston College kind of whittled, the, the, whittled it away for a little while. They hit some shots, but every single time, it felt like momentum was going to go Boston College's way. Isaiah Wong would hit a shot, and then it would go right back to Miami. Now, Boston College was down by 16 at halftime. They were down 40 to 25, and a lot of that was because they couldn't stop anyone on defense. They were, they were getting giving up way too many second um, second chance points and points off turnovers. They had 21 points off turnovers in this game. But the other reason was BC's offense was putrid, and – it all goes back to three-point shooting. This team can either, sometimes they can figure it out, and sometimes, as we've seen, they are the worst three-pointing shoot three-point shooting team I've ever seen. And they were at that point that first half. They were shooting around eleven percent again from from three-point range. Now they figured it out. They ended up shooting thirty-five percent. So that, to their credit, they got that offense going. But man, it was tough. Now, Mike Mikai Ashton Langford was definitely the most valuable player on offense for this team. They had he had 17 points. Brevin Galloway also, to his credit, had a couple of big three pointers that um, really kept the team in the game. You know, it was another tough loss. Miami was playing to get a double buy in the ACC tournament. They had a lot at stake in this game because they were, you know, right at the edge of that, and they, they got it. Now, Boston College, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was hoping that they were going to be able to avoid Tuesday in, in Greensboro. They're not going to avoid Tuesday in Greensboro. We'll see how far they fall, but they have one more game left to play, and it's against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Georgia Tech just lost to uh, Clemson um, on Wednesday night, and they're not a very good team this year. Now, Josh Pastner got himself a pass last year by winning the ACC, but he got he went you know the, the Yellow Jackets are right back to being poor again. So um, BC should have a chance. They've already beat them once. They're going to head to Atlanta to play that game, um, and they have a chance to gra- grab that elusive seventh ACC win. 
Thank you all for listening. This is AJ Black. We'll be back again tomorrow to talk about everything BC football. We'll have some more spring football talk. I got some news and notes I want to get into and kind of talk about some of the things that have been coming out of practice so you know more about it. If you haven't done so already, go to YouTube. Listen to our show on YouTube. So many of you are already doing it, and it's helping it blow up. And YouTube is like the new big thing that we're trying to push here. And it's super simple. You can literally just hit play. And if you're listening on your phone or on your computer and listen to our podcast, and it helps way more, as I said, than to iTunes or on Spotify. So try that out and hit the subscribe button in any of you who have Gmail or um, any Google accounts. You can, you're already subscribed. You already have an account. You just hit subscribe. It is completely free. And that, that those numbers that of new subscribers we get helps build our channel up and helps more people find us. So head on over to YouTube. We have the new episode up. I try to get it up around eight to nine o'clock every single day. I've been more diligent about that. Uh, You'll check it out there. You can talk to other listeners in the comment section. I think you'll like it. So go to youtube.com and look up locked on Boston college and hit that subscribe button. I totally appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or the site at LockedOnBC. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.